Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode. Nope, 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 nope. Today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. As I started doing a different intro for a different show. Um, welcome <laughs> welcome to uh, the, the Monday Stats episode of the podcast. Uh, it is, uh, we're recording this on Sunday around 2.45 uh, here on the East Coast, p.m., not a.m., uh, so NFL games are live, but we don't know what has happened. We only know what is happening, um, so we're not going to really be getting into it. But wait, um, what? we don't know what has happened. We just know what's happening. We don't yeah. know the past. We don't know the past. We on, we only vaguely know the present. Um, what about the future? Where do we stand on that? Oh, that we've got nailed down. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadness. Yeah. <laughs> So oh the last god, that is the most accurate statement you can make about the future. It's always sad. <laughs> uh, and no matter where you are, your bed is better. Uh, better than I'm recording than from my bed right now. So hey, you're, you're not true. Up, man. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I figured we could, we could start off with a little bit of numbers, um, and then we'll we'll pivot into juiced? some. They they will be they'll. Uh, I'm not sure they'll be juiced. It might be more like a compote situation. But uh, regardless, we will talk about some numbers, and then we'll talk about some headlines, and then we'll talk about how to find the show elsewhere um, as we exit from, from this episode. But anyway, Corwin, uh, you're ready to talk about some baseball free agency? I am. All right. So I pulled a list from spot track of every free agent in the MLB and they did not have an export function. So it was copy and paste. Fuck that. I know. Um, maybe it's for, you know, wealthy bitches who actually pay for spot track. I'm assuming you can do that, but that's not me. Uh, I then pulled in the war for every player that had that on baseball reference which was a bit of a chore as well because when baseball reference exceeds like 500 lines, which they do for pitchers and batters in a given season, you have to copy and paste it into a text document and then save that and then open it as a TXT Excel file. And then, and then I had to do view lookups and it was, it was like very tedious for what ends up being a very small amount of, of game. But, uh, so I have the war for every play last season's war for every player who is in free agency right now. And I figured we could talk about um, the guys who had the most war last season, see where they stand and what you think they'll, they'll command in the marketplace as well as some of the more famous guys that we might be thinking of and seeing just how they kind of did and where that stacks up to the rest of the players um, in the MLB. So San Bruno. All right, let's do it. So the player with the most war last season who is currently a free agent is starting pitcher Trevor Bauer. Um, We've talked about Trevor Bauer a little bit previously. Uh, For reference, he had 2.7 war last season. And in case you're listening to this in the distant future, please remember 2020 was a shortened season. So if we were to assume um, a tripling of the number of games, which is about fair based on the... um, actual number of number of games played versus how many games are in an actual season um that makes sense yeah that makes sense uh <laughs> then he then we'd be looking at a little over like an eight war season 
for Trevor Bauer, which is really good. Really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. What do you What do you think? What do you think? Eight war Trevor Bauer is commanding on the the open market here. Thirty million, twenty eight million. Well, I guess that's, so. This also depends on term here, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I imagine it would be fairly decent. Um, how old is he? Twenty nine. Thirty. Same difference. Uh, I think he could get twenty nine. I think he could possibly break thirty as well. Um, I think twenty nine would be a f- fair compromise, especially given the state of well, what happened this season. Um, yeah, I'll say that. Well, that's one of the things that makes it interesting because the Phillies, I think, just came out yesterday, two days ago, and said that they can't <laughs> afford to keep JT Real Muto because they reported a loss of something comical, like a billion dollars. What? That's what they're yeah. saying anyway. How? I guess by the stadium being open but not having many fans in the stadium? Um Still, oh, sorry, oh sorry, God. sorry, sorry. My number was hilariously off. It was 145 million with an M. Oh, God. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, 145 million with an M, um, which is still a very significant amount of money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's like it's like tough to say because didn't someone just get a big old big old extension somewhere? Or Probably um, something somewhere. Yeah. Well, well, Charlie Mord got his 15 million. That's nothing to sneeze at, um, mm-hmm. especially for a guy who's how old did we say he was? Thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty seven. Yeah, I'll buy it. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. I yeah, it's one of those things where we always talk about how owning an MLB franchise, owning a sports franchise, is free money because the investment regardless is going to accrue value over time granted this year of all years especially um that is definitely not the case and uh it is nearly certain that teams that are in the middle of this right now are losing money because you know what you said with stadiums having to be open players still getting paid all of this still going on but without the revenue streams that you usually would expect um so it's definitely hard on teams this year that being said claiming you are unable to afford a franchise level prospect literally you know the best player on your team that would be any given season uh because of one year of losses is insanity yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, I don't it's know if I agree with that. I don't know if that's if that's something I believe as being a valid excuse and not just a. And eh, we're trying to cut costs, and we need a way to explain not re-signing a really good player. It, I, I, I think it would be show uh, uh, being afraid of short-term losses, which you know everyone's afraid of short-term losses because it's losses. Losses suck. But it would be more beneficial in the long run, because um, even even if we we don't see you know 
even 75% of stadium capacity in 2021, uh, I'd assume that you, we will, I'm going to be, I don't even think it's optimistic. I think it is realistic that we'll be seeing fans in the stadium in 2022. Plus, let's not discount the fact that people who had the disposable income to buy tickets to go to games will also buy jerseys if they still have that disposable income. I know that is a difficult part right now, but assuming that you have someone who in a normal year would spend $60 on a ticket, might end up spending plus, you know, 20 on parking and 20 on beers and, and drinks and everything. So that total $100, they might just buy a $110 jersey. Like, that's not an unreasonable way to, to shift that baseball spending. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good, good way to look at it. Right? I, I mean, I would do that. Like, I, I am someone who goes to games with a moderate frequency every season. Same thing with Jets games. I haven't bought any Jets gear this year because I don't know who's going to last on our fucking team. <laughs> um, I don't know who's there. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if, if, if your team is good, people will buy your shit. Yeah. And I'm, I'd be willing to bet that the Marlins probably just sold a bunch of, a bunch of gear a few weeks ago when they announced the hiring of Kim Ang because that's something to be excited about. Even though it's not on-the-field baseball shit, it's something to be excited about. And that's going to generate you revenue. Still crazy to me. They're going to use that excuse and none will be the wiser. I mean, baseball going back to normal, normal. Baseball's the worst. So they're going to, we, we knew the owners were going to find any reason they could to not pay people. Um, so let's actually keep going down the list. Next one's a super interesting one. Uh, Marcelo Zuna. And Marcelo Zuna finished his season um, with 2.3 war, which multiplied by three brings you to 6.9. Um, real quick, his his simulated stats in for 2020 on baseball reference for a 160-game season had him at 4.5 war total. So he he beat that out by a ton had the season of his fucking life um, and is now probably the 1B hitter on the open market to maybe George Springer, depending on how you want to look at that. Um, mm-hmm. But with Ozuna... Having I personally would put team, George Springer ahead of Ozuna. But... I would too. I was tempted to just put him at one and then I saw Springer and I was like, we should probably put Springer ahead. Um, but still, being the second best hitter on free in free agency, that means a lot. So, who needs an outfielder? And what, do you, what, and what kind of contract would you expect for 30-year-old Marcelo Zuna? See, that's tough. See, I don't know what kind of contract he would really, you know, carry with him. You know, I just i am not familiar enough with baseball contracts to really be able to judge, hey, Marcelo Zuna, great player who... I guess you could argue had a down season last year. Um, just not being able to say, I can't even argue that really. I, I really just don't know. I really don't know what Marcelo Zuna should carry with him as value. So how'd you say? And I'm, I'm looking at the teams that I think might need outfielders. And they also just don't seem like teams who would pony up money to get him. You know, like you'll look at, you look at the Cleveland Indians, they could use an outfielder, but they're considering letting go of Francisco Lindor just to avoid paying him. They're not going to avoid paying 
their face of the franchise shortstop uh, in order to, and then go around, turn around and, and pay an out, a left fielder. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. If the Phil- and also this puts the Phillies in a really weird. Actually, I want to talk about the Phillies again for a moment. This puts them in a bizarre spot because if they're signaling that they're not going to re-sign JT Real Muto, they're going to take themselves out of the race for him strictly because of money. And they're only they only finished four games below five hundred last year. That's not a lot. They were, I believe, I'm gonna pull up their page, but I believe they were like at five hundred the year before in a division that's full of ups and downs. So yeah, they were eighty one, eighty one the year before that, eighty, eighty two the year before that, and then oh man, sixty six and ninety six the year before that. I forgot 2017 was so bad. Um, but by not sign resigning JT Real Muto. What are they going to do? Like, because there's now signaling to every free agency, hey, we're broke and we're not going to pay you. <laughs> and even though we keep finishing third in the division, which is very promising, most teams would love that, um, we're going to throw in the towel? Like, where where are they at? It's so impossibly hard to say. You know, it's one of those things where they keep looking like they are on the verge of, you know, putting a playoff contending team together on the verge of being able to consider themselves Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl World Series contenders, you know, signing Bryce Harper, you know, bringing uh, Reese Hopkins in, re-signing him to a big contract, bringing in, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, who... I still want to say is a, a high, you know, level kind of guy because I love him. I refuse to be convinced um, otherwise. Right. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it has never clicked for them. When no. is it? What is gonna be needed? I mean, obviously, you know, Aaron Nola is a great pitcher who has had a couple back to back not quite not Awful seasons, but not up to what you kind of expect from him being your ace. What else is needed? And, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, also completely avoiding mentioning, you know, the fact that they did bring in JT Realmuto. Yeah. Yeah. From the Marlins, because the Marlins were tearing down in 2017 and the Phillies were rearing up in 2017, post 2017. So they made the move for him, and the Marlins still beat the Phillies to the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is just nuts. So as it stands right now, the Phillies in 2021 have um, $127 million committed to payroll, which puts them 11th in the MLB thus far with 37 men on the roster. So they need three more people. Uh, damn. Oh man, this is going to be a really because this this off season for the Phillies, I think, is really going to, to determine whether they go in for another rebuild or um, make a make that last big this that last big push at trying to fucking be good. And by not signing Real Muto, I I'm willing to make a bet as to which direction they're planning on going in. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Which is crazy to look at, you know, what they've done the past couple of years with bringing in big name guys and just being able to do nothing with it. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy because they improved fifteen to twenty wins per season over the last few years, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been enough. In part because of how bad they were, you know, going from winning sixty-five games to winning eighty-three games is a huge improvement. Um, but still, like, not enough. Um, so, so how how low they were was is not helpful, but also how just bizarre that division's been with um, the Nationals' constant jumps between being good and bad, the Mets choosing to be good for certain stretches of time and then horrendous for others, the Marlins weirdly getting hot, the Braves really coming up. Oh, man, it's going to be ugly for the Phillies, kind of no matter what. It's crazy with the Mets right now. Yeah, I mean, at least the Mets. Let's have of ownership to make it work. Work is. Uh, definitely helpful in you know bringing guys in and bringing in fresh faces, bringing in the right fresh faces. You know, Steve Cohen seems like a, a major get, and uh, hopefully it works out because God, we all want them to do well. No, the Mets. I thought you were talking about the Phillies again for a second. I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know what? Let's let's make some hot take, random guesses for for these picks as well. So for Trevor Bauer, give me a team. Where do you think he's going? Padres. Padres. Um, I will say... Uh, I really want to say the Angels because it would actually make a ton of sense, except for the fact that the Angels have like no money because they keep signing batters for no reason. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to also pick the Padres. I mean, they have the three best batters in the American League. Trout, Rendon, and Shohei Otani. I thought you were going to say Albert Pujols. Um, no, 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 I was... no. The actual third best batter in the MLB or in the a- AL. <laughs> uh, I need him to do well for my own personal mental health. I know you do. I'll say the Twins. I'll I'll, I'll go out there and say the Twins. Um, trying okay, to retain uh, division supremacy. That would actually be very interesting, and. I don't necessarily think that was one of the teams he was super against, so sure. Oh, and its likelihood of happening is slim to none. Um, yeah. But hey, it'd be pretty cool. Um, I'd also love to see him go to the Yankees just for pure chaos. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, chaos theory. Uh, who Who do you think, where do you think Marcelo Zuna is going to go? Give me a team. Um... Hmm. Who would pay Marcelo Zuna? I'll say the Indians. I think they'll sign. You will him. say the Indians? Yeah, I think the Indians are really fucking dumb. So I think they do something like that, and they would take a guy like Ozuna with a good amount of money versus a a young, even better guy with just a little bit more money. You know? Oh, okay, okay. Because hope is low here, Josh. Hope is low. So I, I kind of want to pick a bad team. 
who thinks that they can they can get like a vet guy in there, while like a like a team that's bad but is also like kinda maybe on the upswing. So I'm between two. Final answer. Final answer is Mariners. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean the Mariners are having a big come up in their batters. Um, you know, we just saw Kyle Lewis take um, Rookie of the Year. Um, there, there's plenty to be excited about um, with some of their their upcoming pitching. Well, not excited. Maybe that might be the wrong word, but hope, <laughs> hopeful um, that it does. It just doesn't suck. That's all they need. They just need it to not suck. Um, so they have a guy from the Yankees, right? That's their only real. They got Justice Sheffield pitching. from yep, the Yankees. He's been fine. Marco Gonzalez has still been good. You say Kikuchi started off fine last year and then got just fucked at the back end. Um, but if those three guys can like kind of get it together and be decent, that's not a bad starting three. And then you just need a couple, two dudes who don't aren't going to lose you all the games in the back and their batting is getting better. And maybe this is a step for them. Where do the Mar- Mariners rank in payroll? Uh, probably pretty low. Pretty low. Pretty low. Twenty sixth. With they have forty men signed to their team right now, and they still only have a payroll of fifty three million dollars. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. What? Actually, all of the bottom seven teams have forty men on their roster. And have below sixty million dollars of payroll. The Indians are at fifty six. The Tigers are at fifty four. The Marlins are at fifty three. The Rays are at fifty one. The Pirates are at forty nine. The Orioles are at forty eight. And the Marlins are at forty six and a half. And they made the playoffs. And the Rays won the World or did win the World Series. They made the World Series. Sorry, Dodgers fans, you won the World Series. Um, wow, that's that's amazing. Who did you say? I forget. Who did you say for Ozuna? Where do you think he was going? The genius Indians. That's right, the Indians. All right, uh, George Springer. He had 1.9 war last year out there in center field. However, he's typically, which, again, if we multiply it by three, because that's just kind of what I'm doing for this, um, that brings up to 5.7 war. Um, But he is, even though 5.7 war is, like, pretty fucking good. He's actually usually better than that um, because he's very good at baseball, to use a Corwin joke. Um, hey. Year before, in 2019, his war was 5.1. Sorry, that was his OR, 6.4. Um, 2018, in a down year, 2.7. Uh, 2017, 5.0. 2016, 5.1. He's, he's really good. Um, and it seems as though he is like committing to not re-signing with um, the Astros. I think he wants to get the stink of his own cheating away from him, acting as though he did not take part in it, but whatever. Um, teams that need outfielders. He's uh, he's, he's he's younger. No, actually, he's older than Ozuna. What? He's 31. Oh, my God. I f- always forget how old he is because he looks like he's 13. You know? Maybe not 13, but you know what I mean. Did you cut out? That's why you can't hear me right now. Josh, are you alive? Hello? Is it me you're looking for? 
I can see it in your eyes. This is a weird joke. Wait, Corwin, you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, I can't tell if I cut out or you cut out, but I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you either. I still had the green um, thing. The green um, thing? The Like the voice says you're when you're talking or not. Right. Okay, uh, it was probably me then. Now, what was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, George Springer being old, and we were surprised by that. Okay, good. That's when I stopped talking. What did you say? I didn't hear you. And I said, oh, well, it's because he looks like a 13-year-old. And then you yeah. didn't respond Weird. to that bad joke. And I was like, oh, like you must be fucking around because there's no way you would just not say anything. No, uh, no, I wouldn't. That's not my move. Then I started singing a little bit, but I'm glad that got cut out. I guess we'll find out when I uh, <laughs> I download this if it's there or not. Ooh, forgot that was still an option. All right. All right. So where do you think uh, center fielder George Springer, which is so you know Springer a year older than Ozuna, um, a year younger. Uh, sorry, not a year younger. Uh, a, a positional adjustment better than Ozuna. Where do you think he's going? I think he goes to the Blue Jays. That's kind of been a a hot rumor lately. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, they have a young team. They're looking to start contending. Um, they kind of need some actual outfielders because that's they have key players in almost all other positions. So I think that would make a whole lot of sense for them. So, you know what's interesting? I was considering saying the Blue Jays for, the, um, for Marcelo Zuna, and I looked at who they have and how they played last season OPS plus-wise. And... Um, so Randall Gritchick is is their current center fielder, and he is the least good of all the center field, all the outfielders that they have that Can played. Can you say that name again? Uh, uh, I missed it. Randall Sorry. Gritchick. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, but even then, even with his OPS plus being the lowest of the outfielders, it's, it was still 114. Um, that was the lowest. The only position is that they have on the team that hit below a 100 OPS plus was third base, Travis Shaw, and catcher, Danny Jansen. Uh, Jansen with an 85 OPS and Travis Shaw with a 95 OPS. Oh, sorry. Um, no. You know, Jansen's one of those guys where he's a young prospect, so you don't get a bond from him just right yet. At the same time, you know, Travis Shaw is probably like 34 now, maybe older. That's something you can really move on from easy. I could see it happening. You know, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen with the rest of the, the field there. You know what? I think the Blue Jays should pull the ultimate power move and sign JT Realmuto to play catcher and then sign Justin Turner to play third base. I don't think they signed Justin Turner because Justin Turner is 40 and asshole and not very good baseball anymore compared to what he was. The name and that you're paying for. Corwin? Yeah. Did you hear me? Uh, you said they should sign JT Rio and Justin Turner to play third. Yeah. Uh, then I started going into why I don't like that idea, but I don't know if you heard me. I didn't. Can you tell me it? Uh, I would not be against it just because Justin Turner is old, is going to be way too expensive when you pay for you know his name and not what he does. 
and he's a giant fucking asshole uh, that doesn't care about his teammates' health. So I don't think they should sign him. Um, I I don't disagree with any of it. I think it'd be a good because one of the the big questions I think we we must ask ourselves if as we are putting ourselves in the 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 brains of of, of GMs is. Is this signing for the short term or the long term? Justin Turner is old. He will be expensive, kind of, no matter what. Um, and so you have to know why you're signing him. And I would assume if I was a Blue Jays GM, I would be okay with signing Justin Turner because I know that's not a long-term solution, but I want some short-term wins while I eventually figure out what want what I want to do, or what I can do with third base? Because I don't think it needs to happen right away. You know, it they've got yeah. better pitching. I'm not gonna say they got good pitching, but they've got better pitching. And I could justify it in my mind going with a guy like Justin Turner. Not maybe not him specifically, but a guy like him to be just that stopgap. The Blue Jays, by the way. Currently 19th in the MLB and committed payroll for 2021. So they have room. Why don't they just sign Vlad to a $400 million contract? Why would they? He's a first baseman. Because they have the money to, Josh. Do they? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not their accountant. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Too short. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, where were we? Uh, outfielders, George Springer. Right. Hold on one second. I resorted my thing by mistake. Naturalik. German for natural. All right. right, So this this next one's a weird one. Jackie Bradley Jr. with 1.8 war. Where's he going? I want him to sign with I want him to sign with baseball. That's it. Correct. I want him to sign with Boston. Uh it's one of those things that's just like I I feel like he belongs there still. Um and I just I like seeing him in Boston. I kind of want him to stay in Boston. I mean, it 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 just it just makes sense, really, for both parties. I mean, um, Jackie Bradley Jr. isn't a good now. Um, he hasn't been for a while. He mm-hmm. was when he first came up, but not since. He's not young. He's thirty-one. Um, but he's a great defensive player. Seems like he's a great teammate. People really like him. Um, I, and, and Boston is bad. So it would. It would seem to make a lot of sense. He seems like both the player. There and the, and I think he will be not only because of the 
what seems to be a good relationship between the two parties, but also due to the fact that they make a lot of sense here. I completely agree, yeah. I definitely um I I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about Brad Keller. I don't either. Um So Brad Keller pitches for Kansas City. Last season he had a 2.47 ERA. Um pitched in 9 games, started all of them, had one complete game shutout. Pitched 54.2 innings, uh, had an ERA plus of 186, had a FIP of 3.43, a whip of 1024, strikeouts per nine of 5.8. So, eh. Um, and yeah, finished with 1.2 war. Wow. Good for you, buddy. Sorry, 1.7 war. Right. Um, yeah, that's uh, it, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care. It's amazing how little I care, you know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna just say he stays with Kansas City. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, this doesn't. Okay, all right, move, move, moving on. Um, oh, I, we talked about this guy before as well, Nelson Cruz. He is forty. <laughs> um. He put up 1.6 WAR last year. He is a DH. Uh, do you think he's going anywhere? Or do you think he's retiring? What do you think is happening? I don't think he was going to retire because he led MLB in home runs last year, right? Or he was he no. led. Uh, he was he was close. He was he was up near the top. Luke Voigt led MLB in home runs. Right. I definitely remember that because I remember that being a topic of discussion. But I think he stays, and I think. He's- I I I don't know what to make of him. Um it I, I don't I just don't know, man. Well, just the age thing, that's the big thing for you? Yeah, yeah, it is. Cuz and cuz I'm trying to think of a team that needs a good power hitter but a guy who's basically only going to be... Uh, he walks a lot, too, I think. Let me pull up his actual fucking stats. Yeah, he's still a tremendous hitter. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. He's only going to be that. So who, who needs a DH? Um, let's see. Last season... Yeah, 397. Maybe obviously not finished. any NL teams. We don't uh, know. Well, we'll see. Oh, you, know you know what would be hilarious? If he went to the White Sox. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think that would be a really great fit for him. Actually, it would be. The the White Sox current DH, or was their current DH as of last season, was Edwin Encarnacion. 
who is also old, 37, and his OPS plus was 70. Oof. That's not good. I love Edwin, but you know, that's that's not getting it done. No, no, he batted 157, 240, 377 for an OPS of 627, an OPS plus of 70. Since he's 30% below average of a hitter. That is very significant. Yeah, I I think that Edwin and or um uh, Nelson Cruz should go to um the White Sox. All right, we are in agreement. Yep. Yep. That's what's that's what needs to happen. Um all right, next up, uh Michael Brantley. Uh go back home to the Indians. If, oh, uh, if Ozuna doesn't, which he almost certainly won't, uh, they still need outfielders. That's you know kind of his hometown team. I think the I think they could work out a deal. I don't know how much money they would get or he would get from them, um, but at the same time, uh, I think he would take a. I don't know if he would take a discount to go there, but I think both parties would be interested in making a deal happen. Yeah, I, I think the Indians are in a really weird spot for the exact opposite reason the Phillies are. Because the Phillies spent a lot of money trying to be really good and just haven't been. And the, and therefore, they might stop trying to be good and stop spending money on free agents. Whereas the Indians have been spending almost no money in an attempt to not try to very hard to be good. But yet their <laughs> player development is so good, they keep being good anyway. Um, <laughs> Which would make you think that they are going to spend money, but they are trying to be cheap, so they're not. Like, their own players are, like, forcing them... Their own player development, I should say, is forcing them to go to the playoffs and be good and put pressure on them to spend when the ownership does not want to. So, I have no idea. Because, like, the impression I get just from watching Indians' free agency moves the past few seasons makes me say, well... Maybe the Indians will just tear it all down. But That's what happens when you watch actual Indians baseball, too. Yeah. Um, except unless Shane Bieber's pitching. Unless Shane uh, Bieber's pitching, you're correct. Right. So I I don't I don't know. I I don't know either. Yeah. It's bound to happen at some point. We all know it. It has to come down at some point because they are not willing to keep paying for talent. Yeah. Oh no it's it, it's gonna it's gonna come crashing down at some point, and it will hurt. Um, in regards to Michael Brantley, I think it'd be also very funny if he went to another divisional rival, and I would like to see him go to Oakland. Okay. As much as we all love Chris Davis, he has not been so hot in recent seasons. Um. And it has might... not hit 247 lately, which is bullshit. No, but he did bat an even 200 last year. Um, however, that had him at an OPS plus of 79. Yeah, it's not good. I thought that would, uh, I thought him batting 200 and, you know, having less power than he usually does or has had in the past would be a much lower, um, what am I looking for? OPS than uh, what he actually did, apparently. Yeah, I'm going to look at his season-by-season season stats. Um, all right. 
Yeah, so this this past year, wow, last year was re- literally almost just as bad. He his OPS last season was six seventy nine for an OPS plus of eighty three, only four points better. Oof. Damn, his OPS plus by season starting his rookie year in twenty thirteen with the Milwaukee Brewers, one fifty five, then one hundred six, one twenty three, one twenty three, one thirty one, one thirty seven. And then fell off a cliff to 83 and kept diving to 79. Now, do you invest in the bounce back or do you go with a different guy? That's to be determined. I don't know how expensive Michael Brantley is. He is going into his age 34 season. I don't know what that means, but that's where he is. So I guess we'll find out. Right. Uh, Yeah. Fucking okay. Uh, two more here to wrap round out the top ten. Um, Cesar Hernandez, the second baseman from the Phillies. Um, switch hitter. Thirty-one. Oh, sorry. Actually, he spent this last season with Cleveland. Apparently. Yeah, I don't know where he would go. I don't know if Cleveland would want to re-sign him because, again, money. Uh, I know it was a good fit, and I know the Indians liked him, but at the same time, it's you know, thirty-one-year-old second baseman. How much are you willing to commit to that? Uh, I know that's not crazy old, and it's honestly nothing crazy, but I don't know. You know, I don't. Caesar Hernandez has always been a better on-the-field player than anything I've thought of him as, and that's you know, my own issues with player scouting when it comes to baseball, but at the same time, I just don't know. Um, I don't know what his true value would be. Uh, I don't either. He feels like, like, like um, the redux of Starlin Castro in that respect, that good, not great second baseman who might just spend a lot of time bouncing around plugging being a plug and play guy. Yep. And that happens to quite a few, you know. Yeah, I mean and hey, you know, being that guy still speaks volumes, you know. The fact that Starlin Castro is still plays baseball at a pretty good level for uh what was just a competitive team is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good career. I could definitely see him turning in uh, you know, the Brandon Phillips, Starlin Castro type, you know, journeyman defensive stolen base first um whatever you want to consider it type role but basically being a, a role player yeah exactly also i counted wrong there's actually now there's two players left to round out our top 10 uh liam hendricks the reliever liam hendricks finished with 1.4 war last season yeah i'm, I'm honestly get? surprised he's uh this low I would definitely have him over a handful of other guys that we discussed at some point. Um, well, it's always tough with relievers because they still calculate right. the the same way, so not enough innings. Yada, yada, yada. Um, yep, yep, yep. But, yeah, I mean, he's 31, but he's coming off. I mean, such a, he finished top 10 in Cy Young voting as a reliever. That's really hard. Uh, and last season, he was an all-star. I mean, he's a really, yeah, really good pitcher. Absolutely. It's one of those things where, like, it's hard as well to kind of pick a team because, 
Everyone needs relievers. That's know? what I was about to say. Yep. Literally could go anywhere and do anything, and he would be both signing a large enough contract to do so and you know, be valuable enough to any team that would sign him. So, again, Liam Hendricks, one of the better relievers in baseball right now and for the past couple of years, could go literally anywhere. I'm going to predict the Astros. Really? Okay. For no good reason, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they, they have money. They have the need. They absolutely have the need. Um, we could see it. All right. Uh, last player in the top 10, starting pitcher, uh, Kevin Gaussman. Wow. Yeah. 1.3 war last season. You know, pretty good with the with the San Francisco Giants. Holy shit! How old do you think? How old do you think Kevin Gaussman is? I've had this thought so many times. He's like thirty two, right? Like he's twenty nine. Twenty nine. I think it, it, it was like I always thought of him as being like twenty five. So now I'm thinking he's significantly older, just to you know make up for it. But yeah, crazy. Well, also the fact that he spent six seasons with with Baltimore. And then he spent a half a season, or one season, uh, two half seasons with Atlanta, I should say, and then a, a half a season with Cincinnati, and then a full season with San Francisco. So he's he's played for four different teams, and a lot of them um, switching very very suddenly in the past three years. So I have seen his name just a ton. Uh, mm-hmm. Fucking weird. Anyway. Um, where the fuck does he, he, he should go to the angels. No, I couldn't justify Trevor Bauer, but he should go to the angels. No, you put him on the angels and that's it. His career is over because they don't do well with guys with potential other than Dylan Bundy, apparently. And I just, I don't see him turning into anything in Anaheim. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being melodramatic and and cynical, but I just I kind of want to see him stay in San Francisco because he did perform well there this year. Um, but you know, who fucking knows. I I think he'd be a great fit for the Angels because they've only had success with former Orioles pitchers. Uh. You know what? You do have me there. I can't argue that. No, it's inarguable. Them's the facts. Uh, all right, so that's the, that's the top 10 free agents by war, which will make it fun um, to see where they end up going, to see how we see the value of war be reflected in salaries coming up, um, to see what rate factor kind of is being used there considering the fact that it was a shortened season so you know 1.3 war we're saying you know just multiply by three to get um uh 3.9 war but that's i'm not sure how that's going to be reflected in the same type of way as um you know war tech typically is so seeing how we see those numbers be reflected in actual real world Salary will be will be very interesting, and I yeah. am looking forward to it. War. What is it good for? Judging people. That's what it's good for. You know, heavy, that heavy was the judgment. original title for War and Peace. 
We can't we can't just be Seinfeld quotes. Why not? I'm sure there's a different podcast for that. Um, all right, shall we talk about some headlines? Yeah. All right. Uh, the, 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 so a few different things happening around the world of the NFL. Um, the main, so I guess let's start with the least interesting one, which is still pretty interesting. Matt Patricia getting fired. Um, I say yeah. it's least interesting because the other two things we have are more interesting, but it's, and it's also like, yeah, he should have been fired. He de- he deserved it. Um, it's definitely but, the most almost expected. Yeah, and this is what you want to see as the fan of a bad team. You want to see ownership taking taking ownership of the, its failures and trying to make um, organizational adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, they fired the GM as well. Did we ever figure out what his name is? Because I know we uh, I didn't look it up. Missed it. All right, we'll wait for that. Right. But Matt Patricia Lions I GM. I don't remember exactly the reaction when Patricia got hired for the role, but I at for some reason don't remember it being a welcome reception. Do you remember? Matt Patricia? Yeah, when he got hired for the Lions job. I remember it being a mixed bag of, okay, the Patriots always had really good defenses, and he seems like the kind of guy who could handle a full team. But we were still in the market, uh, or still in the uh, era of, man, Bill Belichick assistant coaches usually suck and usually end up being bad. And there was some concern about that which has turned out to be accurate to this day um but i don't know if i necessarily and not just the fact that it's been a coincidence at the very least that um all of his assistant coaches that have gone on to head coaching positions have kind of fell flat Yeah, it's tough to pin that on Belichick per se. Um, I do like the fact that the Lions are getting rid of the GM as well so that they can hire Bob Quinn. So they can hire a new GM, let him hire a coach to be simpatico with about the the vision on the field, and then try to scrape together um, enough pieces to make Matt Stafford's career somewhat meaningful. Um, Because so far it has not been. By no fault of his own, uh, but it it's gonna. I don't know, and I also feel like this is good time because this Lions team is not atrocious. They're not good, but they're not like they're not the they're Jets. Not 0-16 they're Lions. not the Jaguars. You know, they're they're not. Uh, who else is really bad? They're not the Eagles. You know, the Eagles really should be better. That's maybe they're not the perfect example, like the other two. Um, Stafford's definitely better than Carson. Uh, yeah, yeah, easily. Um, so this, you know, they're 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 four and seven right now, including the their loss on Thanksgiving Day, which is obviously not good, and that puts them in fourth in their division. That would actually have them in third in most other divisions. Um, but that aside, you know, like they're not they're not garbage. They're just not 
as competitive as they need to be in certain areas. So I actually like the fact that they're not, you know, kind of pussyfooting around with it and and wondering if you know next year these two can figure out their their issues and instead just went full bore and said fuck that fuck this. Like this is the front office version of an of a going all in in an off season. You know. Right. I just I need them to do something. You know I don't know. No, what it is up to, but I know for some build this team, and, and the hope is just not there. There's no hope. Corwin, yeah, I'm back. My internet's right. been super wildly choppy. I don't know why. That's all right. We we no we got we got most of you. Um, I no, I agree. I agree. They they need to do something big, and I think that's going to lead to a lot of competition this off season for for uh, head coaching jobs. You know, you got yeah. the Jets are going to be hiring a new head coach for sure. Dallas probably would be in the market as well. One would expect, or one would hope, if one you're a Dallas hope. fan. Um, yeah. Uh, Detroit is now open. Chicago is looking pretty dicey, <laughs> to say the least. Jacksonville's looking pretty dicey. Um, I don't know who the fuck the head coach of Houston is right now. Um, uh, Romeo Cornell. Oh, okay. No, he's probably fine. Um, but th- there's a lot of teams, and depending on how Cincinnati wants to operate, they might be open to a new coach too. So Yeah, absolutely. There, I don't there's... think Cincinnati would. I think they're fine with our boy Zach uh, Taylor. Not our boy in any sense of the word, but that's the phrase I went with. Um, but yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of open positions next year. Yeah, so uh, good on Detroit for joining the mix. Yep, got to get the uh, search started early. That is for certain, because you do not want to be the ones holding on to your, you know, certainly to be fired one day head coach that... Uh, that's sticking around far longer than he should. And uh, now you're stuck having to search around for a head coach when uh, everyone else has already kind of been spoken for. Cough, cough, wink, wink. Yeah, seriously. Also real quick. I I just want to shout out Jim Caldwell um, because firstly, he deserves it as he always does. Um, Here's the Jim Caldwell years. You ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. So Jim Caldwell's first year um, as the head coach was 2014. And Jim Caldwell has been brought up a lot in recent years because they, the Lions fired Jim Caldwell, one of the few black head coaches in the NFL, to bring in Matt Patricia for, like, no reason. And here is the reasons. Here's that point in case. Caldwell's first season in Detroit, 2014, they went 11-5, second in the division. Second season, 2015, they went seven and nine, finished third in the division. 2016, nine and seven, second in the division. 2017, nine and seven, second in the division. And then they fired him. Since then, with Matt Patricia, 2018, six and ten, fourth in the division. Three, 12, and one in 2019, fourth in the division. And currently in 2020, four and seven fourth in the division with ostensibly a lot of the same 
uh, personnel for those first couple years. And uh, wow, that is certainly an error in uh, the Detroit Lions front office management. Get no rid of Jim Caldwell. Theory. Jesus like, Christ. I liked Jim Caldwell when he was head coach. I liked, you know, what he brought, and I liked the way the team, you know, was performing under him. Obviously, you know, Detroit is not a franchise known for their historic uh, talent and success. Literally and never won a Super Bowl. He brought together the team to look like an NFL team and a team that could possibly contend uh, at some point in his tenure if they kept moving. And then it's just kind of gone back to the good old Detroit Lions of old. And that's what's sad. Yeah, it truly is an example of you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um, in that, uh, that I'm sure that they thought, man, finishing second sucks. We need to let's bring in a different guy to try to bring us over the edge. But what they didn't realize is that finishing second was the ceiling of those teams, apparently. Um, and the only thing keeping them there was Jim Caldwell. And that yeah. Matt Patricia was so bad, the team regressed very, very heavily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'd almost like them to bring Jim Caldwell back. Um, yeah, you where, know, like that's one of those things he? where it's like, you know, he worked there. You know, he performed well there. Why are you so like, why does your ego get in the way of bringing him back? He's only 65. I know that's actually kind of old for an NFL head coach, but I mean, Bill Belichick's still fucking doing it. Um, And actually, he's not he's not coaching anywhere right now. No, he no, he's, he's all the room in the world. Yeah, so after after he got fired in 2017, he took a year off and then was an assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach in Miami in 2019, and then that's it. Nothing since. It's crazy. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, all right, la- last thing is was once again, the NFL's COVID response and how they're handling outbreaks and issues throughout the NFL this season. And the answer to that is that they're really not. Um, so the Raven Steelers game that was supposed to take place on Thanksgiving, as we, Corn and I talked about, it was getting pushed to Sunday. The last we had talked about it. Today is Sunday. And as anyone who listens to this podcast, I'm sure knows, the game has now been pushed to Tuesday. Why? Solution. I want to know why. They'll all be better by then. Obviously. I, and I, I I mean, once again, it's the same fucking points we just made last time. Once again, the logistics of it are fine. The players are the players who are healthy are all healthy, you would think and hope and cross your fingers about. And that if all goes according to plan, the game can be played on Tuesday with no true issues. However, that means that you have Steelers players and and Ravens players who follow the rules who will have been ready for a game for Thursday, then didn't get any time off because that game got pushed to Sunday and had to keep practicing, and then still won't really get any time off because they have to keep practicing for when they get ready for their game on Tuesday. How long can you do this to people? Just take the L. Cancel the game. You're making yourself look like a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah, because they've never done that before. <laughs> I just don't know what they're trying to achieve here because all you're doing then is putting everybody on a short week. Uh, I 
For for what reason? I All you're doing know. is handy, hamstringing no. both teams anyway. It's yeah. It, it really is nothing other than fucking both both you know sets of teams. Both teams are getting fucked by this. It's just you're trying to save face and not end up with a MLB type season with an asterisk because it's a shortened season now. And it's going to lead to more and more players getting sick and more and more problems down the road because they're avoiding the actual. Concern here. All right, let's take it. Um, okay. were you about you were about to talk, right? About the uh, Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore game not mattering. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I do. Th- think there's a, a fair chance that this will matter at some point uh, down the road uh, um, because of how these two teams, uh, I mean, it's hard to say. What is, what's the Ravens record right now? Six and four. They're four games back from, from the Steelers. Fuck. That is Ten tough. games in. Yeah, that is really hard because... I don't know if they can make that up then, you know? I don't I really think they might have passed the point of no return. Um which would be uh, you know, it would be shameful to say because you still want that competition between these group, these teams, um, you know, these teams especially. But I don't want to say that it it wouldn't matter because of my you know, pure bias towards the fact that both of these teams are bitter rivals and I want to see the Steelers be able to sweep and this and that and all around. Um, uh, it's tough to say. It really is. But uh, you know what? Uh, I really wouldn't be terribly against this game being canceled because guess what? Player health will always come first, even before rivalry games. Um, and you're right. It, it really shouldn't come down to this game in the division. Uh, if anything, it's going to come down to 
seeding with the bye week because there is only going to be one because the Steelers are ahead, but the Chiefs are right there. Um, I think it, it could be a, a deal breaker or it could be a, a defining factor if the Steelers end up having one less game uh, played than the Chiefs. But you know what? It's not going to be perfect any which way you cut it. So health and safety first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it might might also factor in again with how close the Browns are only three games back to the Ravens four, but it, look, man, the way I see it, let that become a problem when it's a problem to, to risk player health. It's, it's again, the difference between short-term gains or long-term gains, or, or in this case, short-term problems versus long-term problems. You forcing this game to happen while more and more positive tests are positive. Uh, yeah. Positive tests keep coming back. Might end up leading to more games getting canceled. Mm-hmm. If you just take the L on this and say, look, if we have to revisit this because it ends up being a difference maker down the road, we figure that out, but we don't want to risk more play- players continuing to have to go to practice or or not practicing and then not training with the team and having a worse product on the field because we don't know they don't know when they are playing, if at all. What, like, how is that beneficial for you? You're not gaining anything from that by by this fear of pushing a game back slash canceling it altogether. Just just let the players know what's up. Because if the, this Absolutely. game ends up getting canceled Tuesday anyway, everyone's going to be furious. Because it's stupid of you to think that you can move a game back two to three days at a time until it becomes possible for you to play it. It's a damn shame. And it's only getting worse each time they push it back each time they make changes everything they do is just compounding together and making this worse for both teams and at some point they're going to have to realize that they can't just avoid these things and you can't just keep pushing it down the road in the hope that people get healthy um you know and it's a damn shame that we're the ones you know a, a team that's undefeated is getting fucked because of it you know seriously when this could be a this could very well be a team that goes 15 and 0 with you know playing one less game is going to be another asterisk and uh you know it'll be a it'll be a fucked up thing but at the same time as much as that would eat away at me it's the players and it's their health and there can't be a debate about what comes first record or health player safety that's insanity that you would actually have to have a debate between which is more important but again these are all of the you know discussions and points that we've been making the entirety of this time and uh somehow has not been decided. And I guess we can just segue that straight into the other game of, of, of contentious conversation. The uh, uh, Broncos-Saints game that's supposed to be happening tonight 
in which the Broncos don't have a quarterback on the roster. Nope. And the the NFL isn't even contemplating postponing that back two days like they did with the Steelers-Ravens game. They're just forcing the Broncos to play without a quarterback. And now granted, the Broncos will have a man playing quarterback, but it's going to literally be a wide receiver off the practice squad. At one point, they were trying to get, uh, I think it was like a waiver or permission to sign their quality assurance coach to yeah, the active roster so that he could play quarterback for them. Their quality assurance coach. Granted, it's not like having like their 65-year-old offensive coordinator come pop out and uh, do that, but that'd be pretty fucking funny. That would definitely be funnier. And which the NFL rejected in tandem with the rejection of the players' requests to cancel the game because, again, you're asking a Broncos team to go out there. And I know the Broncos aren't good. I know the Broncos aren't going anywhere this season. They're four and six. They're out of it, you know? But still, like, you can't just do that to a team of players. Like, you can't just say, hey, I know all three of the quarterbacks on your roster are, are now ineligible to play per our rules and instructions, but we're going to force the entire team to play anyway. I, 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 what? That doesn't make any sense. And it, all of this is making the fact that they, they did so much work in readjusting the Titan Steelers game. So much more confusing. Uh huh. Absolutely. I don't know why it's still a topic of contention today of why does the NFL play favorites? I am on the positive receiving ends of that favoritism right now. Kind of. But it's still so clear and ridiculous that they play clear favoritism. Yeah, and and to whose benefit? It's the one owners? thing. I... Even then, is it? I... Uh, more people view more popular teams, and that means better ratings and more money. Well, I mean, so like indirectly, if but... you were going to go to the Ravens Steelers game on on Thanksgiving, you had the day off of work. You can do that. Well, it's Almost not. Go, it's not about going to the game. It's about watching the game. Ah, uh, the TV rights. Yeah, like TV ratings. <sighs> I guess. Man, I. But the thing about that is, like, whenever, when, whenever you schedule that game for, your fans will watch it. Yeah, that's kind isn't... of the nice thing about football. I guess that's why they didn't rearrange Saints Broncos because that is a <laughs> that is not a must watch game. You know, you put that on a Tuesday night. Not everyone in America is turning out to watch that game on. Just a normal weekday night, you know, that's not must watch television. Uh, where you know, Raven Steelers would be if the Ravens had a team to field. Um, regardless, it's annoying. I'm just tired of the excuses of the changes to you know, oh, this is why we're doing this, this is why we're doing that. I'm just sick of it, and I just I'm tired of the NFL's bullshit. It's honestly a little depraved to just throw up a, that big of a middle finger to an entire team 
and just be like, nah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go make a wide receiver play quarterback. We don't we don't care enough about you in terms of our bottom line via ratings to accommodate all of your hard work and determination. I just don't get how Goodell expects to ever be, and I guess he doesn't give a shit to be taken seriously, but it just, it, it blows the mind that someone could care so little about, not even the fans, you know, not not even any of that shit, the politics of the times, just like his actual employees just doesn't give a shit. Pure apathy, you know? It's, it's remarkable. Wow. Oh, man. Do you have anything else to say on the matter? Um, fuck the dirty birds, but hopefully they get healthy. I, I can I can get with it. All right. If uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. I uh, hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye. Fuck you, Ray. What the hell do you mean you're not recording on this channel? Oh, I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs>